Hello, everybody. This is the Two Sides of a Coin podcast. Happy 2023, everyone. My name is Nkozi. Also on the call is my co-host, John. You want to say hi, John? Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And we're going to talk about a couple of things. So we're going to talk about one of the new premieres that is just hitting in 2023, the much debated highly anticipated megan john is going to talk with you about some of his favorite food places that he reviewed from 2022 and uh getting a little serious a little bit later we're also going to talk about a very scary situation that happened in the nfl for the buffalo bills around damar hamlin as well as just some insights into football in general so john Take it away with your food picks. Well, once again, Happy New Year's, everyone. It's a new year, and I have a new lease on life with many restaurant suggestions for that you can explore this year. I would like to announce my New Year's resolution for 2023 is to find more healthy and affordable places to eat. So today, I'm bigging up my top three restaurants that I visited in 2023. So let's start at the first one. Number three, we're going to begin with Nangam Barbecue, which is located 793 6th Avenue, not far from K-Town. Big up K-Town. And I got a lot of new uh, options that I got to visit that that y'all will be checking out on the food page. For one, my since this year is my my New Year's resolutions to have more healthier options in my diet. I chose the seafood pancake at Nangam's barbecue, and I gotta say I really like this. I mean, I've had it before other places but the one there was just right up to the wasn't as big it was just right you know for one person and i gotta say i devoured it literally i even said in my head i wonder if i can devour it in a faster amount of time but then i realized that i was being a glutton so i didn't do that Decided to opt out that challenge to myself. But what I did do is um, try not only the seafood pancake, but also tofu. The tofu soup hot pot that they have. I got to say, I shared it with, I went uh, second time with a good friend of mine. And yeah, I got to say, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I've never been a fan of tofu before, and this was something new, and I really enjoyed it. I was like, man, definitely, definitely, definitely got to give this place its credit. So, yeah, that's um, that would be just one or two of the dishes that I tried at Nam Gamble Land Barbecue. There's also, like I told you before, they have the awesome um, wedges that 
literally took you know took me back nostalgic that made me nostalgic and the wings awesome awesome and i gotta say decorum is real good where it's located is on point you know they still do outside dining if you want to you know sit out and well you wouldn't be sitting out in this weather but come springtime you can definitely you know Grab a sunny day, have some, uh, have a seafood pancake outside, you know, binge watch your favorite show and call it a day. But I'm going to move on to my number two option, which I really, really liked, especially came through for me in the new year, is Adios in the Bronx. And yes, I am cuckoo. Cocoa Puffs when I mention this place because it's literally like it meaning it meets all my expectations. Food is on point, just right. You can you can have it anytime, literally now. I mean, they're on Uber Eats, just to give you a heads up. And I say this restaurant is really an on-point restaurant, good for family, good for parties. Just call ahead in advance, please. I cannot stress. Please call ahead in advance. If you're going if you're gonna have a party like of uh, twenty people, make it like two weeks in advance. Or if you're gonna have a small party, just like you and nine other friends. It's important to call them with a good amount of time before your arrival. Not I'm going to call them in the morning and try to get it set up. No, don't do that. That is just rude and disrespectful. Okay? It's just totally rude. It comes off very rude. So, yes, I definitely suggest checking out Adios because, I mean, that pizza, that brick oven pizza is on point. I ordered for my uh, coworkers the a meat lover pie this all meat you know a little meat some ham pepperoni so italian sausage for my co-workers for the new year and they was like they was literally they actually all thought i made the pizza to be honest they thought i made the pizza i was like no 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 i did not make this pizza it came from adios everyone was like wow I mean, some some of my coworkers gave me a couple of uh, shots to the ribs by saying, "Yeah, more definitely did. Um, John definitely didn't make this pizza because it's not spicy." Yes, I'm a spicy kind of sort when I'm in the kitchen. Also, I like the spice. Can't help it. Um. So yeah, definitely check out Adios and. I definitely say they were they were one of my go tos for 2023. One of my big go tos this year for 2023. And one thing you definitely don't want to you definitely have to try when you go there. You have to try the desserts, especially after having the if you go there just with a group of friends for a pizza. I highly suggest complimenting that pie with one of their delectable desserts 
if you go the cheesecake or you go the uh, cannoli or the tiramisu. Definitely, definitely. Check it out. And with that being said, um, to point out, I know I mentioned earlier, I was making healthy choices. I also at Adios had a grandma pie, which had me mesmerized. Literally so mesmerized. I, 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 it looked like I kind of, kind of caught the itis a little bit after the, uh, my fifth slice and the person who I was with, I took it to Adios with me was like, uh, you kind of falling asleep, dude. Want to wake up? Want to? You know, get some coffee. And that's exactly what I did. Ordered me a nice frappuccino. Served very well. And yes, it was good. I actually woke up. So, moving on from my Adios experience to my number one. My number one spot, I have to say, is the downtown Johnny's located in Brooklyn, you know, they go hard, everyone, they go hard. So downtown Johnny's is located on 629 East 17th Street, Brooklyn, New York, 11226. And yes, I'm giving you the address because ladies and gentlemen, they have updated their um, times of opening. So definitely do check that out. They, instead of the regularly before, they used to be open like around 12. Now they open at 1 p.m. So definitely check it out, guys. Um, It is definitely something. It's a restaurant that's in Brooklyn that, I feel will be um, possibly could become uh, one of the hidden gems of Brooklyn. And I went to downtown Johnny's to do the Diablo challenge. So a lot of people, a lot of people were wondering, did I survive the Diablo challenge? Well, yes, I survived. I had the six, Diablo wings. I would say I body that. I body that. Kind of caught up with me a little bit when I got to the Diablo fries. Which had me stuck until I got the Diablo burger. Now, when I did the Diablo challenge, I was like, I am not hell bent on getting a t shirt. But I'm going to make a, I want to be the first person to body this challenge and show that I can take the heat. So what I did was I did the Diablo challenge and I survived it. I came out slightly unscathed. Of, of, of course, when I, when I got halfway home, I realized that I totally 
forgot some important paperwork, overwhelmed by the food, which I got that before I got all the way home. And I got to say that Diablo challenge, if you can't, I, I t- I'm going to tell all you people that follow me, if you have a limit on spice, do not do the Diablo challenge. Okay? I am warning you. Do not do like this person did. Okay? I know I can do it. Don't mean you have to do it. All right? Please. If you can't handle heat very much, do not do the Diablo challenge. I only say it because somebody that I knew and I know very well tried it and didn't complete it. They got stuck at they 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 were they were overwhelmed with spice after the Diablo fries. Yeah. So even if you've tried the Carolina pepper and survived that, do not do not do the Diablo challenge unless you're able to handle heat. I cannot stress that enough. But other things that was on the menu, which I had, was the um, stir-fried veggies, which was good. And I couldn't help leave downtown Johnny's unless I asked the chef himself, Mr. Chef Danny, if he could bless me with platters of his Rasta pasta with shrimp. Yes. The chef of downtown Johnny, Chef Danny, was nice enough to accommodate me with two trays of his on-point Rasta pasta, which my wife really loves. And I got to tell you, people, it was... When I brought one tray for my coworkers, some of my coworkers who couldn't take heat, they say it was ooh, a spice. Makes you feel reborn again. And some of my other coworkers was like, it was on point. No, no, no disagreements, no criticism. Well made. And they said a lot of Everyone said differently. Some people were like, yo, that chef put his foot in it. Some people was like, I can feel his soul. I was like, okay, that's a little morbid for me. But yes, definitely check out Downtown Johnny's. And feel free, if, if, you, if you're a regular, you can probably ask them to cater an event for you. Okay? And I think I have geeked enough on all my food spots that I have checked out for from 2022 into 2023. So I am now going to pass on the torch to you, man. All right. Well, that's good that we're starting with good food in 2023. And uh, I'll just go into the review of Megan. Now, John, I know you didn't have enough time to watch this. As of right now, we're recording it on Saturday. So literally, the movie just came out on the 6th. 
So, you know, I've had some time to think about it. And I know we've talked about Megan. We talked about Megan the trailer, about how funny that was, about how crazy that was, right? Oh, we 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 went in, man. We went in. Yeah. We 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 drilled those trailers, man. Yeah. No, no, no. And it was, and rightfully so. It was a it was a viral hit, and many people were just looking at it and saying. What in the hell is going on with this movie? And how can I inject that into my veins? Because it just looked crazy. <laughs> right? And right. I think with many people, it brought up it brought up a, you know, this could be a new version of the classic Chucky franchise where it's the doll that kills people. This could be that for a new mm-hmm. TikTok age. You know, Megan was body rolling. Megan was dancing and all that stuff. And you look at it and you're saying, hey, how wild is this movie going to get? Like, it was so wild. I immediately bought the tickets and I knew I was going to see it yesterday. And I saw it yesterday and I wanted to sit on it, write everything that I was going to write in here. So that way I could give you guys the proper review for Megan, right? So I'll just jump right into it. Um, so, of course, Megan, we all know what the plot is because the plot is laid out in the trailers. It is a movie about a sister mm-hmm. whose niece die, whose niece, her family dies. The mother and dad, they die. So she's taking care of the niece She's not equipped to handle children, so she works at a company, and she makes her niece this toy called Megan to help, and craziness ensues, right? Mm -hmm. So let me just jump into the pros for this movie. The pros for this movie is that it's not a long movie. This movie is under two hours. It's about an hour and 42 minutes, and there's no stinger at the end, so it's even shorter than that. This is a quick movie. It's going to keep moving along. It's not going to have, you know, this long, drawn-out plot. There are not many moments in the movie where you feel like this movie is dragging on. It moves at an incredibly brisk pace. It is essentially a sprint From beginning to end. Right? Also, this movie knows its audience. If you were expecting craziness from this movie, you are absolutely going to get that. If you had a feeling, if you looked at the trailer and you said, I want to see the crazy movie about a doll who is way too lifelike and not lifelike enough that splits the uncanny valley right down the middle this movie is for you you already know what you're going to get from this movie and you're only going to get even more of that i can confidently say this movie the trailer did not show a hundred percent of the crazy moments in this movie So you are going to see moments that are 
at the level of what you saw in the trailer, if not higher than the trailer, right? So don't be afraid that you saw the best moments in the trailer. There are still some crazy moments in this movie that they have not shown that just hit you right out of left field, right? Um, wow. This movie also is listed as a sci-fi, it's listed as a horror, and it's listed as a thriller. The one thing they don't talk about is that this movie is a comedy. This movie mm. is a comedy. It will. It had several times in the movie people were laughing. And this isn't a. This isn't a spoiler. We've seen this in the trailer. Megan gets a lot more sassy in the movie than Megan does in the trailer. That's like barely scratching the surface of sassy Megan. Megan gets even more sassy in the movies. What? Yeah, Megan gets even sassier. Like you did not see the full sass on display. So if you, uh... if you want sassy Megan, that's what you're going to get. You know, the mm. cast is not bad. I mean, the cast... Even though when you look at the cast, you don't realize it, but the cast is full of some pretty good actors. You know, uh, the sister, Gemma, she's played by Allison Williams. If you do not remember her from anything, you will remember her from the movie Get Out. Yep. Uh, Violet McGraw, the young girl that plays Katie, um, she was actually in Black Widow. She played the young version of Yelena. That was mm. Allison McGraw. That was Violet McGraw. Um, you know, we got... Uh, and I really have to give a shout-out to two people, and that is uh, Jenna Davis and Amy Donald. They both play Megan in two different roles. I'm not going to say what Jenna Davis does. You will know what Jenna Davis does. Amy Donald is the... Is the uh, is the body of Megan. So when Megan is moving around, that's Amy Donald. So Amy Donald's the one that's doing the body roles. Uh, Jenna Davis is Megan's voice and Jenna Davis played it great. I loved when Megan was talking. Uh, that was really solid. Uh, Ronnie Chang is in this movie as a douchey CEO and he played that well and the final pro I will say about this movie is that this movie is PG-13 so what that means is this is not going to be a gore fest so even if you have a very flat stomach to horror you can go and watch this movie because this movie is not going to turn you off. This movie is not going to have those massive jump scares that really turn people off who aren't horror fans. So this movie is not going to do that. This is really a straightforward by the numbers movie. And you're going to see a lot of the stuff that happens well before it happens. Right? So... I've been talking glowingly about Megan. Been saying all these things I like. So I'm sure you can ask, what things did I not like 
about Megan? Well, oh, I'm there, looking forward to hearing There, there are some cons, and that is, um, I mentioned how Megan is a comedy, right? This movie mm-hmm. is not a horror movie. It, it says horror on there. It is, if I had to grade it as a comedy, I would grade this movie as a 7 out of 10. Because I, I really like the comedy in this Ooh. movie. If I had to grade it as a horror, this is a 1 out of 10. This Ooh. is not a horror movie. It's a thriller. It definitely has sci-fi. It is miscast mm-hmm. as a horror movie. Essentially, if it wasn't for people dying in this movie, this would not be a horror movie. This would be a full-on comedy. And honestly, mm. like I know Blumhouse, they're really big on horror and stuff like that. This is not a horror movie. If you're thinking this is going to be like child's play where child's play had funny moments but it was horrifying or it scared you you are not going to be scared in this movie if you are a horror fan and you just and you're like where's the horror you're going to walk out of this movie incredibly disappointed there's very little if any horror it's like this is like the this is like the coke zero of horror where it's like zero percent or diet horror this is not a horror movie i I can tell you that right now i know it's classified as a horror movie this is not a horror movie like i have gotten more scares out of like children's movies i've gotten more scares out of like the witches the movie where they turned kids into mice and stuff like that. And that's PG. That has more horror than Megan. Wow. This movie is not a horror movie. Another bad thing mm. about this movie is it is super predictable. Like mm. there's a there's a there is a mechanic in movies called Chekhov's Gun. And it was made popular in like Star Trek, where they showed a scene with Chekhov having a gun in a display case and then later on they go back to it and they use the gun this movie is full of that from the very beginning to the very end it's like Chekhov's gun reaction Chekhov's gun reaction Chekhov's gun reaction Chekhov's gun reaction to the point where in the final 15 minutes of the movie I knew exactly how Things were going to turn out with Megan. And I was just like, gloves, 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 gloves. And if you see the movie, you know what I'm talking about. But in the final like 10 minutes of the movie, I was like, gloves. They're going to use the gloves. Who's going to use the gloves? Oh, okay. I know now who's going to use the gloves. Got it. Cool. So that's another thing. But the script, it's it's not particularly strong. I would say in most horror movies... They try and make your protagonist like likable or at least somewhat likable. They did not make Allison Williams's character likable, and they definitely didn't make Katie likable. What? I was struggling with Katie. This is not a thing against the actress. This is definitely a thing against that script. They had 
the way they had Katie go through those scenes, I mean, there was a couple where Katie was holding their own, but I I kind of understand where they were coming with the movie. Honestly, this movie, you could you could easily frame this movie as an incredibly neglectful uh aunt and her niece. You could have the horror movie there and it would make perfect sense. But yeah, this like I said, the script isn't necessarily super strong. They know their audience. They're not writing, you know, Picasso. They're not doing like Schindler's List or anything like that. They know what they're getting. It's not incredibly surprising. I just I wish I wish they would do better. I I just want them to do better. And my my biggest biggest uh gripe about this movie is that when this movie jumps the shark, it doesn't jump it hard enough. I know it's weird to say that when you're talking about a movie and you say, well, this movie knows its audience and all that stuff. It went crazy and it does go crazy. Don't get me wrong. This movie goes crazy. There are scenes I want to tell you about this movie that I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to ruin it for you. But this movie goes very crazy. I just wish it went. Well, okay. When you say crazy, are we talking? Um, are we talking like Get Out crazy or Birdcage crazy? Uh, this movie goes like the Birdcage with Robin Williams. Yeah. Oh well, I would say this movie goes more Birdcage crazy. Then it goes Get Out crazy. Because Get Out is a proper horror movie. This is not a right. horror movie. So it goes more birdcage crazy, but it's birdcage light crazy. It goes crazy, but not as crazy as you want it to go. Like If you've seen the birdcage, uh, okay. like spoilers for the birdcage. Birdcage has been out for a decade or two. You should have seen the birdcage. It's a good movie. At the end of the movie, oh, really? they have a U.S. senator in drag dancing outside of a club, getting into a car and driving away because he doesn't want to be shown to be in this gay club because he's staunchly against, you know, gay people, at least in the public. That's how crazy Birdcage gets. Mm -hmm. If Megan went that crazy, I'd forgive some of this it goes crazy it just doesn't do it enough it doesn't jump the shark as it does like it like hops over the shark i i just wish it would have taken like a mm. full running leap over the shark because if it would have done that i think it would have even if it would have been terrible it would have been, at least it tried yeah i'm i will say this if you wanted to see Megan from the trailers, you already know what you're going to get from Megan. So if you think you're going to get what you think you're going to get from it, you're in a good headspace. If you think you're going to get the best horror movie of the year, you're not getting that. If you think this movie is going to be super bloody, you're not getting that. If you think Megan is going to have like some 
even if you think Megan's gonna have like a massive kill count, you're not getting that. What? Wait, no, no. no it's it, I'm not saying that people. Count? I'm not saying people don't die. I'm just saying if you're expecting like Megan to kill like thousands of people, or go on like an absolute rampage, it's it's not like that. What? Wow. Megan is a good movie. It's just not a good horror movie, but it's a good comedy. Like, if I had to tell you, go see it. Go see it. I'm I'm genuinely saying go see it. I'm just saying do not go see it thinking I'm going to see a massive horror movie. This this is the horror movie that you take your non-horror fans, your non-horror friends to see. Because they will like this movie because it's because of its lack of horror. They will love this movie and you'll have a good time. But if you're want, if you're expecting like, oh, man, I loved like deep horror, like Poltergeist is my jam. You're not getting any of that. None whatsoever. Don't wow. even think it. I got to see this movie. But yes, see the movie. I can't wait to go see this movie now. You know, see the movie. You will enjoy it. You know, and when you get to the parts where it does jump the shark, it's great. But I just wish it jumped it more. Like, I want, I wanted crazier. And all I got was crazy. And that's what I think leaves me disappointed the most. But we've talked about... Yeah. Megan, we've talked about funniness and all that stuff. But as I said before, mm-hmm. we are going to switch gears and we are going to talk about something a lot more serious. Mm-hmm. And uh, that had to deal with the Damar Hamlin situation. Mm-hmm. And pretty much everybody yeah. knows what happened with Damar's situation. But I'll go over a quick recap. So, on Monday Night Football, this week, on the 3rd, on the 2nd, sorry, uh, there was a game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. On this game, uh, DeMar Hamlin, he did a regular routine football play. He got back up, and he immediately collapsed. And on the field, he suffered a cardiac arrest. Now, thankfully, the medical staff at the stadium for both teams, they responded quickly. They were able to get him, restart his heart, get him onto an ambulance, get him to a hospital. You know, he's in critical condition for several days. Uh, Thankfully, at this time, we've learned great things we've learned that you know he is awake took him off his breathing tube so now he's breathing on his own he yeah he was able to talk with people he's able to talk with his family with his friends with his teammates he was able to even facetime them and also Mm -hmm. he was able to move his hands and make his classic love love symbol uh doctors are saying he's making remarkable progress and while he isn't out of the woods yet you know his prognosis is really strong 
So before we even get into any of it, you know, we wish him the absolute best. We want him to get back to 100%, you know, irregardless, irregardless of football. Yes, irregardless of football. We want him to make a full, speedy recovery, you know, and Mm -hmm. our hearts and our minds go out to him. Yes. The the reason I did want to bring this up, though, mm-hmm. is because this is not the first time that we've seen incredibly serious injuries on a football mm-hmm. field. Mm-hmm. And specifically, this is about American football. And while I'm really glad the medical staff was able to bring him up, while I'm really glad this situation did not turn for the worse we do we do need to ask some questions about mm-hmm. football it is a contact sport it is yeah. one of the biggest contact sports that and hockey mhm so I guess, you know, well, John, first thing, before we jump right into that portion, I do want to ask, what are your thoughts about this whole situation? I mean, when I heard this whole situation with um, him having this, I was like, couldn't we have maybe seen this before? You know? Because, I mean, to, to to drop out on a feel like he did, I mean, he had to been aware of his heart by his heart. I mean, I understand sometimes these injuries happen unpredictably. You know. Yet I I have a lot of confidence in the NFL's medical team that this this had to have been noticed um, I mean, noticeable, you know, he had to have prior heart problems before this game, you know? I mean, I, I don't know if he had any prior heart problems. Have you seen something where he said he's had prior heart problems? No, I haven't seen anything. And that's what I was looking for. To I was hoping to see because this was a very big incident. Like usually they say. Usually, this med team's been able to catch even before games. Even before you hear about um, the roster of a game, you'll hear about an injury that happened at practice. Or um, if this player doesn't, um, this player doesn't really look small because of these prior injuries, you know? Okay. Um, I'm trying to see where you're going with this. Well, where I'm going with this is that. I, I, as a fan of the Buffalo Bills, I was expecting, you know, I, I was really shocked by it all. And it caused me to spiral into questions like, was this seen beforehand? Is this something new? You know? Okay. It's obviously something new, but that's what happened. That's what happened when... I was watching the game that Monday. No, no, I, I, I understand. I, 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 I think I can get where you're going. So 
you're saying that once this happened, you were wondering, was this a prior condition or was this just something that was just a one in a million thing? So you weren't trying to right. like blame anybody or anything like that. You just wanted to, you just wanted more information because it sounded a little bit like you were blaming mm -hmm. the medical staff. So I'm just, I'm just trying to clear it up to make sure no, that no, no, no. you're not, you're no. not blaming anybody. You're just wondering, was this something they knew about or was this just a one in a million right. thing? Okay. Just, yes. just wanted to make that clear. So from my understanding was this was a one in a million type hit. These hits happen all the time. And on this particular play, something wrong happened. And, you know, medical staffs, they clear people every week. If there was a heart condition with DeMar Hamlin, that would have been something that we would have known about. And especially if it's something where it's like one wrong hit can hurt him that badly I don't think any NFL team would take the chance of somebody getting that one wrong hit I just he wouldn't even been playing if they weren't confident that he could play right. at 100% you know there have been too many changes in the NFL's <coughs> protocol there have been too many mm -hmm. cases that have been brought up you know and plus just the right. integrity of these of this staff of all the medical staffs, I do not believe that they would, in this day and age, play somebody who they thought their life could be in danger if they are playing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was my understanding. That is what we know, that it was a one in a million, one in a billion hit since we haven't seen this before. And I, my big thing is, our hearts go out to DeMar Hamlin, as I said before. This does bring up an mm -hmm. uncomfortable topic that we've talked about many times with football. And it's something that we've put in the back mm -hmm. of our minds for people who love football. We had the same conversation when mm -hmm. we learned about CTE. We had the same conversation mm -hmm. as we see a lot of older NFL athletes who are in really, some of them are not in great shape. Some of them are in really bad condition. The question that starts to become is, what's football's future going to look like in 15 to 20 years? That's true. So I guess the thing is, you know, John, you, I know you want to have kids in the future. So my question Probably is this, is. would you let your child play football? I would let my child, I wouldn't hold my, I would let my child play football. I, w I wouldn't hold them back from it. I'd still let my child play football because it's something that I did and I love, you know, now, am I going to teach them the proper um, things they need to know to keep their body together? Yes. I will teach that to my child. You know? I would definitely teach that to my child. Because that's what was taught to me. 
by my father. You know, and that was with any sport, whether it was basketball, um, uh, hockey or football or even volleyball. You know, you got to know how your body, you got to know your body mechanics. What it can, what, what can it dish out? What can it not dish out? What can it handle? What can it handle? You know, these are things we need to start putting in consideration when it comes to allowing just in general, just playing a sport in general, you know? I mean, do you agree or do you disagree with me? So you're saying, so, okay, so you think the biggest issue isn't with the hits. You think the biggest issue is people not having proper technique? Technique is one. Okay. Well, technique can obviously... No. Technique can obviously matter. Um, well, let me let me switch gears here. Would you let your kid be a boxer if they wanted to be a boxer? Ooh. You see, I your, your answer I could tell is well, changing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if my kid wanted to be a boxer, I'd say immediately, yeah, um, honey. Uh, being a boxer is a lot. I'm not really on the... I'm not... I'm 50%. 50% with you on being a boxer. If you wanted to just be a boxer just for a little amount of time, okay. Do boxing. You want, it, you want a self-defense skill and you like boxing? Go to it. But going into boxing, yeah, that is going. That is on the fifty percent fence on this. You know, if you want to have it as a have a skill, okay, cool. But if you want to partake in it, mm, I'm sorry, I will side with whoever tells you. I will side with whoever tells you no, with a small inkling that I will say yes. The only small inkling that tells me this is definitely something you can handle. Yeah, honey, that's a lot of work to proving that point. And I guess, you know, yeah, no, I, I understand that. But to me, I do find that interesting because in boxing, the thing that we see primarily, especially with boxers as they get older, the ones that are in good shape versus the ones that are not in good shape. Generally, the ones that are in the best shape are the ones that either did not take a lot of hits because of the kinds of boxer that they were, where they were mostly like slipping and sliding and they never really took any of those hits or were boxers that got out early. In right. general, those are the two kinds of boxers that we see in regards to being in really good shape. Right. But here's the thing. We see that same thing with NFL players. Guys who are in the league for 12, 15, 18 years 
are generally the ones we're seeing who are in these really bad shapes right now. And generally, the guys you see, mm-hmm. the ones that are in the great shapes, are guys who were either out of the league after a couple of years or they retired relatively right. early. So, in my opinion, mm-hmm. the difference between, and it's not about technique, there are a lot of real technical fighters who we're seeing when they hit the age of like 60. They look like they are 20 years older. They had all the technique and everything like that, but they just took way too many hits in terms of boxers. And I'm seeing the same thing with football players where it's not about the technique. It's not about how much talent they have. It's more about how many hits were they taking at any one time because the hits just accumulate after a certain number of years so i guess my question is what makes football in your mind different than boxing in terms of that you only have a certain amount of hits in your life and once you go over those it's going to be detrimental effects well in boxing they always they always are it's like a but boxing is like a barbershop, you know. Everyone's saying something to 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 every boxer, you know, about when when you know it's your time to be done. You feel me? But in football, huh? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm interested. What were you saying, Teddy? I I said I'm interested. Go ahead. Oh no, I was saying. Oh, oh okay. So. But in football, I look at when it comes to football, it's like I would say I compare it to, in a way, I compare it to like social media, you know, unpredictable. You're getting everything in your face. Everyone say one person's on this side and then other people are on the right side, you know. People want to throw politics here, but don't want to put politics there. Okay, no, 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 wait, wait, no, no, no. You're so, not going to run away from that. No, 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 no. We're going to stop that. What no, I'm not about away it? From it. I, because, I was, I was, like, I, I feel like you're getting off point, and I'm going to try and keep you to the point here. What about? No, no, no. Keep, keep. All right, so go on, go on then. Maybe I'm missing it. Yeah. <laughs> the reason why I said it was like social media because it's unpredictable. And because it's like we're always coming, we're constantly always hitting our heads with this same question. Would we allow our kin or children to play football? And at the end of the day, we always have different opinions, but no one's hitting the, the, the nail on the head. Everybody wants to dance around it. You know? Like, for example, I, I said I would allow because I would force, I would be on top of my kid's child's technique. Other people will say, oh, I'll just worry about my child being able to take the hits. Which is true. You should be worried about your child taking the hits. 
and that's one one thing that goes along with technique is being capable of taking hits. Yeah, but John, it feels like you're using is, technique as too much of a. Really... It feels like you're using technique as like a cop out. No, I was, I was, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I was, I was, I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, I was going on a tangent. I even caught myself. One, like I said, technique. People, people throw that up, and then the main thing we're trying to get get out and talk about is. It should be as simple as yes or no. You know? Just a simple yes or no. Okay. That's But that doesn't answer my question, though. What what makes football different in your head than, than uh, boxing in terms of your kid's still going to be taking hits no matter almost no matter what situation or what, no matter what position that they're playing and they're not going to get like where it's, Oh, they're a boxer. They can well, maybe when it comes to boxing. I, I, okay. So I'm sorry. Yeah, I did go on tangent there. So when it comes to it, I'm going to say just clearly straight, be straight with it. My answer now. So boxing, I know they have a limit, you know, I know they have a limit to when they're done. Right. And that's why I was stressing my child. Football, it's unpredictable. So your best option, do it to the best of your ability. But just know in the back of your mind, if you don't want to ever have one of those hits like you, you, you've heard of, I would say... That's when that's when you throwing 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 the um throwing the towel. So, I guess, I from what I'm sounding like, from what I'm hearing at least, and I could I could be wrong here, and stop me if I'm wrong. It feels like, huh. it feels like in your head, in boxing, the idea of somebody being messed up when they're 60 is much more of a guarantee than in football is is that is that where your head is at really that's where yeah that's where my head is at okay and that's that's fair that's that's absolutely fair if you feel like in one sport there's a much higher chance of this happening than in the other sport um, you know, it's just, I guess the second part of what I wanted to ask before we went on that tangent is as a parent, would football be the first thing you would steer your child to, or would you steer them to a non-contact sport where they're going to have more chances of not having those kinds of injuries? like a basketball or a golf or a baseball or a tennis, you know, will, will football be the first thing that you drive your child to, or will there be other sports that you drive them to? And if they come to you, you will take them to football. I'd, I'd prefer to do other sports first. I I think that's I think that's a place where a lot of people are coming to. I think that's going to be 
I mean, but it should it should have been the first thing. I honestly, as a parent, that would as as a parent who as a person who had a good parent, as a parent who literally, because when the first time I said I wanted to play football, my father was like, "Mm, "Try more sports out first before you get there." Yeah, I don't feel you're there yet. You know. Yeah, that that's fair. I just think yeah. there are places in this country where football is the first sport that their parents try them out from. Not basketball, not baseball. It's football. Yeah, and I think with especially yeah. with this one, I think there are going to be even more people who are going to say, "Let's try out those other sports first. Let's yeah. let's let's have football be an option, but no longer the first option." Maybe it's the second or third option. And, yeah, I mean, right. I I truly think, I think that football is going to make changes to make the game safer. I know they're constantly working on the equipment and everything like that, but this situation just, for me, it kind of hammers home the big the big uh, writing on the wall, the thing that we don't really think about, which is this kind of thing could happen to anyone on any single play. And in Mm -hmm. other sports, the odds of this happening to somebody in baseball where they throw even a pitch 100 miles an hour, the odds of somebody being hit by a pitch is way lower than the odds of somebody getting hit, which is going to be near 100%. And the odds of a bad collision happening in basketball is as close as it's going to get. And I, I truly think that this is going to be a hurdle that football is going to have to, you know, tackle, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, in the future. Yeah, it's going to be in the because I, I think the yeah. biggest problem isn't going to be at the big levels. It's not going to be at the adult level. I think the biggest problem is going to be at the Pop Warner <laughs> level, getting the kids in yeah, early. Yeah, definitely. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to go gonna over that. They're not going to probably change the um, – I think they're going to start probably by changing the uh, age. Because usually Pop Warner – what, Pop Warner is like uh, – Last time I checked, what, they start at uh, 10? 10 or 11, right? Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it was a little bit well, earlier than that. I thought it was like 8. No, I've I've heard, I've seen in some programs, they don't start the kids at, um, some of the kids to be on the team either are 10 years old. Um. Yeah, ten. Yeah, ten years old, or I think nine, nine to ten. Yeah, I mean, around and, nine to ten or eleven, somewhere around there. And if they increase the age, that's gonna that's gonna start weeding kids out who are gonna be playing other sports when they are younger, mm-hmm. and maybe getting on those younger sports. Yeah, I mean, definitely, and and I, and the way I and. Something you mentioned about with the other sports that I think we both grasped on, and I kind of thought it kind of got a little nostalgic. Um, 
seen in my head um animation wise do you remember um you remember samurai jack right yeah i remember samurai jack remember that scene where they show how he went through different training in certain areas with different um people yeah that's what I thought about when we mentioned like kids doing other sports before football. You know? That popped in my head. Like, in a way, I thought, like, okay, if may, may, let's say kids are introduced to, start getting introduced to more sports as opposed to going headfirst into football, right? Okay. It would be a good thing. I'm not saying it's a and good... And it'd be a beneficial thing. Alright. I'm not saying it would be a good or bad thing. I just think there is a... I think the big thing that you're thinking is that the kid is going to play other sports and then be introduced into football, period. And my thinking is the kid is going to be introduced to other sports... And they are going to have to be the initiator for football, not the other way around. More people play sports because their parents put them into it than it's because I want to play it. And we see that with a lot of things like, oh, my dad signed me up. I started to like it. My mom signed me up. I started to like it. I think there are going to be less parents nowadays who are going to sign their kids up for football irregardless of if the kid likes it or not right and i think that's going to be the I biggest barrier that. i think that's going to be the biggest barrier for football in the next 20 years it's not going to be the people who are there now it's going to be the young blood coming in and how that's going to decrease mm-hmm. You know, we've we've gone serious enough over this past couple minutes. Yeah. Um. So we can end that right here. On you know mm-hmm. wondering about the future, and we'll just embrace the present. Yeah. And John, tell people yes, where will. to find you. Well, you won't find me last year. Could not find me in 2022. I am embracing 2023. So you will more likely find me um, probably at a local deli deciding what do I want to put in my chopped salad. Or maybe somewhere actually, maybe at a restaurant that has a very heavy vegan menu. Never know. But yeah, you know, all you have to know is that you can find me possibly stuffing my face and enjoying good food and looking healthy. Live my best life. Uh, Batman Love Anime NYC 21. <laughs> all right. Uh, so you can find me at nowhere. But you can find the podcast several places. You can 
email us at two sides podcast at gmail.com. That's T W O S I D E Z podcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. You can find us on Twitter at two sides. You can find us on Instagram at two sides pod. No, sorry, not two sides pod at two sides of a coin. Uh, you can listen to the podcast on Podbean and on Spotify. And uh, I hope everybody has a good start to their year. And we will catch you next time. Catch you later, everyone.